You're listening to the Design Your Dreams podcast with Amy Lee, the show that challenges you to stop chasing your dreams and start designing them. As the dream design coach, I've helped thousands of high achieving creatives reconnect with their inner blueprint to design, manifest, and live the life of their dreams. Each week, I invite powerhouse creators who have built their dream businesses to come and share their words of wisdom and stories of courage. It is my hope that through the journeys of these incredible dream builders, you too will be inspired to design and build a life and business beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome back to another episode of Not So Small Talk. I'm your host, Amy Lee Westervelt. Today's conversation is a juicy one, so I invite you to sit back, relax, and pull up a chair. I'm pulling up the microphone because we are digging in today. Now, I want to let you know that this is going to be somewhat of a, of a uh, intimate conversation, so if you got little ones around and it's something that you feel like you don't necessarily want them to hear, go ahead and move them out of the way or put your headphones in, uh, but we are digging in on this conversation today. I'm so excited. This is definitely something that you guys are going to want to be part of. I will also warn you, this is an activating conversation. So understand that there is definitely going to be something that triggers inside of you, some little squiggle of excitement or movement, and that's what we want. So go ahead and uh, dig in with me. So today we're talking about planting the seed of desire. And one of the things I really love about words, right? I'm a total word nerd. And by the way, if you guys are joining me for the first time, let me know in the comments so I can say hi to you. And if you've been here before, then let me know that as well. And of course, for you folks out there listening in podcast land, welcome to you too. Okay, so we're digging in today about desire. And one of the things that I really love is to figure out the etymology or the history behind words. So I have found that a lot of words that we use in our lives today are actually words that people don't necessarily have the right definition of, okay? So what we think a word means isn't actually what it means. So for example, the word desire Okay, if it comes from the word, the old English of disarren, if that's the word that we're talking about, then that word means to wish for or to long for. Okay, so pretty much, you know, resonates with what our current definition is of desire, Uh, but it goes deeper than that. Okay, so the actual definition of the word disadare in Latin means to expect, to await what the stars will bring. And I think this is a really powerful distinction for us to make. I'm not like muted or anything. I'm like, I think this is a really powerful distinction for us to make because of the fact, okay, that we live in a society where we are under the impression that desire and want are the same thing. But that's not actually true. In fact, if you think about it, want and desire are two very different things. Want is about, there's this thing that I want, and it's over here, and I'm over here. Okay? And so there's a, there's a separation between the two. But when it comes to desire, 
Desire is about becoming an energetic match. Desire is about a connection between you and whatever it is that you're attracting. Okay. So there's a very difference in the energy. I want you to notice the difference between, yeah, I want a cup of coffee and I desire to be the most beautiful woman in the world. Do you see the difference between like one of them is like it and the other one is like, I am pulling this in with my very soul. Okay. So when we think about the things that we desire, we notice, and hopefully you guys are trying this at home, you notice that your body starts to get involved. You actually feel a pulling somewhere in your body. It could be in your head. It could be in your heart. It could be in your sacrum if you're a generator like me. And so when we have this energetic pull for something, we are letting the universe know that we want that thing in our, in our field. Okay. But not that we want it, but that we are energetically calling it in. So there's a very powerful energy and desire. If you think about that stranger sitting at the bar, right? And you're like looking at them and they're looking at you and you're looking at them and they're looking at you and you see them look you up and down and then you kind of smile a little and you turn and it's like, there's this mutual connection, okay? That is what desire is about. Now, I wanna tell you that there's a sad part of this because so many people, have forgotten how to activate that seed of desire, okay? And I don't just mean in terms of my romantic relationships, although that is definitely part of it. What I'm talking about is a deep connection to something that we wish to call into our field, okay? So there are some things that people try to do when they manifest that kind of torpedo the whole situation for them, okay? And believe it or not, all of them have to do with desire. In fact, everything that you're trying to create in your life starts with a desire. If it's a want, it's not going to have that same powerful energy. Excuse my dogs that are barking at the mailman. Um, it's not going to have the same powerful energy as if it's a desire. Okay. So again, desire is calling it in energetically. Want is like, well, you know, I could, I, I, I'm telling you with my brain that I wish that thing that's over there was over here. Okay. So three things that sabotage your manifestation. There are three different types of fears. Hi, April. So good to see you. Welcome. So there are three different types of fears. The first one is fear of what others will think. A lot of times we have a hard time acknowledging or sharing our desires because we're afraid of what other people will think. Okay. What do they get? What if they knew I wanted that? What if they knew that I desired that? What if, oh my gosh, what would they think of me? Right. There's that judgment piece. And we don't want people to judge us for our choices or for the things that we, that we're into. Right. I mean, a lot of us have different things that we're into that we don't share publicly. Right. Maybe you like watching, I don't know, I'm making this up, but maybe you're watching, you know, um, crime shows. And you have a friend who lost someone in a violent crime. And you're like, I don't want her to know that I love those, right? Like, who am I to do that? So we worry about what others think. Oh my goodness, those dogs though, huh? The second thing is fear of what it means about you, okay? What does it mean about me if I desire this thing? What does it mean about me 
if I want to be a millionaire, does that mean that all I care about is money? What if I want a really amazing sex life with my partner? Does that mean that I'm not grateful for the one that I have now? Does that mean that I'm an ungrateful wife? Does that mean that I'm going to cheat? What does this mean? What does this mean? And so we get really wrapped up in what it means about us to want something, to desire something, which if you think about it from the outside in kind of sounds silly, right? Can you imagine going up to your, your toddler and being like, wait, you want more snacks? Are, are you some kind of a, a glutton? No, of course not, right? It's like, oh, that's what you want. Oh, you want the toy truck over there? Oh, okay, let me go get it for you, right? Like, it's like, of course, like who doesn't want things? But we judge ourselves so deeply for what it is that we desire. And then the last one, and I think this one's the one that's really the killer, is fear of vulnerability. Because let me tell you, one of the most vulnerable things that you can possibly do is to share your desires with someone or with the world. It's one of the reasons why people say you should write down your goals and share them because you are 90% more likely to do them if you tell somebody. You know why that is? Because you now have somebody else who's watching you and they know what you want and there's an added level of anxiety around what happens if I don't perform, okay? So fear of vulnerability is all about if they know what I want, and that means that they could keep it from me or now all of a sudden they see what I'm missing or, you know, I've shown them some part of me that is in some way making me vulnerable to them. Right. And so we don't want to share those things. Like I know my husband and I, you know, for a long time, one of the things we struggled with is that we didn't like to learn in front of each other. We didn't like to learn new things in front of each other because we didn't want the other one to see that we didn't know something, which is super weird, right? We obviously got over that and we do a lot of learning together now, but at the beginning it was like, I don't want him to see that I'm studying this because then he'll know I don't know it. So we have this fear of this vulnerability. Like when you put your trust in the universe and say, hey, I desire this thing. I'm energetically connected. Now, all of a sudden it's like, They've got something over you, right? Like the universe, like it's silly, but this is the way we look at it. I don't want to say that I want to make a million dollars because if I do now, all of a sudden, if I don't, it's like I failed. No, you didn't. You just energetically called it in and you have oodles of time. It's not like I'm going to make a million dollars by Thursday. You know, your time constraints probably wouldn't make that possible for you. Um, is it quantumly possible? Absolutely. But it's not necessarily um, something that you're going to be able to manifest immediately. And so then you're like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to share. And we see this all the time in sexual relationships too. You don't want to tell your partner what you want because if you tell them and then they do it, now all of a sudden it's like, well, they're only doing that because I told them to. And then you're like, am I actually the one turning myself on? Right. So the idea of sharing vulnerably with someone or in general is just terrifying and a lot of people aren't willing to do it. So one thing that I find that is really powerful when it comes to manifesting, right? One of the things that I find supremely powerful is knowing what you desire first. 
And a lot of my clients have an issue and a lot of the people in my community have an issue with this because of those fears. So the first thing we've got to do to start making your manifestations happen, if you want them to be in alignment, if you just want to manifest things willy-nilly, then Google 10 things I should manifest and you're in business because you can manifest those things. But if you want those things to actually be in alignment, you're going to have to get really clear on what it is that you desire. And one of the ways that you're going to do that is you're going to think about what if I could have anything I wanted? What if every single person around me, every circumstance around me, anything that could possibly be in my field or in my way didn't matter? Let's just say that they were all the way I wanted them. If my partner is, you know, not really doing it for me right now, great. Well, let's just imagine they are. Let's imagine that the house is the way I want it. Let's imagine, like, what does it look like? And you'll notice that salespeople will do this a lot. If you ever get into a DM conversation with someone who's trying to sell you something, one of the things they're going to do is they're going to get you to paint the perfect picture. They're going to get you to say, if I could have it any way I wanted, right? Brene Brown says, you know, paint it done, right? Like, what does it look like when it's perfect? Give yourself permission to step into that fantasy for just a moment, okay? Recognizing that there's going to be an ego that shows up real quick to say, oh my gosh, that's outside of our comfort zone. We can't even think about that. How could you even go there? That is going to happen. So, giving yourself grace for that to happen and continuing to deepen that fantasy for a couple more seconds, letting those oppositions come up, recognizing them, letting them go like clouds and continuing. Okay. When my clients start to do this, all of the things that they didn't realize that they truly desired start to materialize. And what's really cool about this is that a lot of these things that they're desiring are already right under their nose. A lot of the things that we're desiring are already here. We just don't know that we desire them because they're obscured by all these things that we think we're supposed to want. All the things that people told us were the right thing. The things that people told us were the things that were going to bring us happiness. And then they don't. And we wonder why. Because they weren't our dreams. Because they weren't our desires. They were manufactured desires. They were store-bought dreams. They weren't what we actually wanted. Okay. So when you get clear on what you desire, something is going to start to happen. You're going to notice an energetic connection to what it is that you're trying to create, okay? You're going to notice a pulling feeling. I want you to kind of think of this like when you were dating or you were, you know, with your first love and it was like, oh my gosh, are we going to text? Or maybe you're old like me and they didn't have text then, you know, oh my gosh, are we going to call? Is he going to, is he going to drive by my house? And you have this like bubbling excitement around this feeling. That is the way that you should be operating in desire for everything in your life. Not just the romantic relationships, but the business stuff and the designing your house stuff, and the playing with your kids stuff. This should be the level of desire, should be at that level where you're like, ah, that's how it's supposed to be. When we allow ourselves to slip into this default energy, okay? Oh, April said, I mistyped, I influence with hygiene, but I like the business entrepreneur creation for celebrities and athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
I have a passion for health. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Right. And so when you dig into that passion, that's what starts to fuel you. That's what starts to push you to the next level and bring you to that place where you could do it all day, where you're like, oh my gosh, let me think of all the other ways that I can make this happen. Your vibration goes up. The universe says, this is an energetic match for all this yumminess. And suddenly just by identifying what you want, you're already 85% of the way there. Now, there's another piece of that, and we'll go into that in another conversation. But the big takeaway here is this. Desire is not hope. Desire is not even wish. Desire is an expectation, okay? It is awaiting what the stars will bring. Desire means it's already on its way. You over here, right? That's what we're saying. You experienced, you, person, you, feeling, come to me, come to mama. That is what desire is. And a lot of people are really afraid of what happens if I point at that thing and it doesn't come back to me. That's not possible because by design, it has to come back to you. Now it may get there and you're like, oh, this isn't aligned at all. Or, or if you're smart, you could even say that or something better, right? And then you're golden because something is going to come your way that is in alignment with what you desire. So you guys know that I love me some human design and I love to share with you guys human design. So I want to tell you where in your chart you can find what it is that drives you, what motivates you, what makes you go and keep going further and further. And the answer to this is when you're looking at your human design body graph. Okay. And I'm just, if you guys don't already have yours, you can um, put human design in the comments and I will get you the link to my little free e-course that I have uh, email course that you guys can go through. But if you have yours in front of you, I want you to look at, I believe it's the third symbol down on the sides where you've got the symbols. Those are the planets that influence your chart. Okay. So on the left side, no, on the right side is your personality. Those are the details of who you are consciously. Okay. That's like your personality, like who you think you are and all of the things you would recognize about yourself. On the right side, you're going to see the red numbers and that's your design. That is more of your body and your subconscious personality, things that other people would, would know about you and would recognize about you that you might say, yeah, no, I don't really feel that or I don't really see that because it's more of a projection thing. The third symbol down. So the first one's the sun. The second one with the circle um, with the line in it is the earth. The third one down is like a half moon crescent thing. That is your moon. On the left side, excuse me, on the right side, it's your conscious moon. And on the right side, it's your unconscious moon. That is what drives you. That number right there indicates a gate in your human design chart that is activated in the moon. So at the time of your birth, that gate was in the, it was activated by the moon for you. Okay. So anybody who was born in that moment, that would have been their, their gate of the moon. So that number and the dot after it with the number represents what drives you. Now, I realize that you're like, great, what does that number mean? Well, 
There are 64 different gates that could be present under the moon. So if you are interested in learning what your gate is, I can absolutely tell you. You can send me a DM and tell me what gate it says, and I will tell you exactly what drives you according to your moon, what your core desire is. Now, understand that that desire may be something that you don't recognize right away because it's been dormant, because you've been living in default for so long and you've been complacent for so long. What ends up happening is that your body and your mind and, you know, your lady or man parts just kind of go, yeah, it's not really worth it anymore. I'm just going to put that away and I'm just going to keep going through the motions and I'm just going to hope that, it, you know, that it works out. And that part of you will atrophy and go to sleep. So it has to be woken back up when it is be mindful that it's not easy to put back to sleep. Not, not at this juncture of your life. You are meant to be ruled by an authority somewhere in your body that's not your mind. For 70-ish percent of the population, that's your sacrum. Your sacrum is the seat of power, sex, and money. So if those are the three indicators in your life of what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go, and you've got that whole section of you shut off because we're closed for business. We already had all our kids. What do we really need that for? Except once on your birthday and Christmas, right? That's the only time we're doing that. You are also closing off that creative energy, that desiring energy, which isn't just about, I want this. It's about, I am energetically attracting this by being a match for it in frequency. So if you take nothing else away from this, know that when you feel like, I don't understand these manifestation techniques don't work for me, or I'm just not lit up by my business, or, you know, I'm thinking of cheating on my spouse because we just don't have that spark anymore. And this guy pays attention to me and he gives me flowers or whatever. He makes eye contact. Understand that chances are that desire part of you has completely turned off. You're not using it. And so it's not finding things for you. It's not bringing you your desires anymore because you're like, well, who am I to desire, right? I'm in my forties. My kids are in school. My spouse plays Call of Duty on the couch all the time. Like desire is not a thing. Oh, my friend is. Oh, is it? I have a client who's older than me. She's in her late forties who completely uprooted her whole life because she just realized this is not fulfilling. She moved across the country. She met an incredible man they're going to go get married and he's buying her this giant rock of a ring. Why? Because she tapped into her desires. Because she let herself surrender to the idea that maybe she didn't have it all figured out. And maybe she didn't have all the answers. And maybe she could put it out to the universe what it was that she wanted. And the universe just might oblige. And it did. And all that vulnerability of admitting what it was that she really wanted not really good for her. So the first step of making your dreams come true is admitting what your dreams are to yourself, to the people around you, if you feel like it, definitely your partner, if you have one, but mostly to yourself and to the universe, acknowledging that there are things that you are ready to expect. You are ready to invite 
experiences, circumstances, people, situations, all of those things into your life. Right now, in this moment, you're ready. And if you feel like you're stuck and you want to deepen this conversation or you want someone to walk you through this process, I have a beautiful five-part framework, okay? We're going to be going through it as we go through these um, not-so-small talks. But for today's call, we're, we're focusing specifically on desire. But there are a lot more steps that go into this. And I assure you, I assure you, when you take the steps to reawaken that creative energy inside of you, to acknowledge what you deeply and truly desire, the universe is going to bend over backwards to make those things happen for you. But that can only happen when you recognize what they are. So if you have blocks around that, if any of these three saboteurs of manifestation ring true for you, let's have a conversation. Because if there's one thing I've learned from all of my studying of neuroenergetics, NLP, clinical hypnosis, all of those things that I'm a master practitioner in, it's that it's all about belief. And belief isn't a feeling. Belief is a choice. So if you're ready to make the choice to step out in faith into the next level self that you don't even give yourself permission to dream about, you know where to find me. So with that, thank you so much for being here for this episode of Not So Small Talk. Until next time, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be safe, and may you be at peace. Namaste. Thank you.